When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Staying in to watch the sport, let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Rotaflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kirsten Beeve. Welcome into the run home with Kirsten Beeb. All thanks to McDelivery. It is Wednesday, the 1st of March today. It is no longer officially summer. Uh, sport is back up and running in a big way. We're looking forward to round two of Super Rugby this weekend. Round one of the NRL, the ANZ Netball Premiership. And we're going to dissect this press conference that the new chairwoman of New Zealand Rugby, Dame Patsy Reddy, uh, has done today. And it is all about the coaching appointment of the next All Blacks coach. They've confirmed it will happen in the next four to six weeks. We will know who the next All Blacks coach that will take over after the Rugby World Cup will be. Coming up on the Maccas menu, thanks to McDelivery, we're going to go through the potential coaching candidates for 2024 onwards and the respective teams that could come through with these coaches. would love for you to get involved in the conversation. We've got News Hub's rugby reporter Ollie Ritchie coming on to break down this press conference from New Zealand Rugby Headquarters in Wellington today. We catch up with Paul Mawati from the TAB and Beaver gives us a insight into his world. After five o'clock, the Black Caps opening batsman Tom Lathan is on the show. Joining us to share in the celebrations from Wellington yesterday. Hopefully they're still going strong as well. We've got all your news for Super Round in Melbourne this weekend. The team news, who's in, who's out, plus Drive to Survive has $100 worth of TAB bonus bet vouchers to give away today. Listen out for your cue to call just after 5.30. After 6, no boys from Australia or from Sydney anyway, but we've got one of the greats. One of Beaver's absolute primetime favourites, Scott Sattler, is joining us on the programme after six. And another one of his, his favourites from uh, Waikato, Liam Messam, who's been announced on the next Fight for Life card. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. And if you've got any questions for any of our guests, if there's something burning that you would love to ask Tom Latham, get it through to us, double eight, double three on the Temper and Bedpost text line or 0800 150 811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. Beave. 
He's back. He's back from the batch, back in studio. Has it all sunk in yet, or are you still in disbelief what happened yesterday at the Basin Reserve? Uh, it's still one of the great days in New Zealand sport, isn't it, Kirst? You, uh, you wake up this morning and you, and you read the articles and the miracle of the Basin and uh, things like that. It really, really is something. But I know I've come back crashing down to earth because I've walked into here, the studio, and uh, my primary job around here is technician. And uh, I'm straight <laughs> back into it trying to sort out a jam in the uh, in the photocopier, uh, which prints out our rundown. So, you know, really are uh, back, back in back reality. Back in the think of, think yeah. of things. Yeah, mm. but um, in the ad breaks, I'll get another chance to do that. We found a uh, just a loose bit of paper in there. And, oh, uh, was it causing a logjam there? It was causing a logjam. And me and Casey from sales there, we thought we had solved the mystery, but uh, still haven't quite got it to work. It's still got the... Uh, the blocking light flashing at us. So, um, as always, we'll, we'll get some texts about it uh, that help us out. Um, photocopier issues. And, and this issues. is Beaver telling us nice and early that he's got absolutely no idea what's going on in the show today. Oh, no, it's a fantastic show. Uh, you touched on Fight for Life. Uh, wonderful, wonderful lineup. Looking forward to that this year. Uh, yeah, which fight sticks out for you? If we take a look uh, at that card, rugby versus league is obviously what it's always billed as. Yes. And there's some big names, some of your old mates. Yes. Yeah, so obviously my great mate Liam's fighting uh, Justin Hodges, who Justin Hodges over the last 12 months has uh, come to a real prominence in the boxing world uh, with his fights of Gallon. Uh, of course, he was part of the infamous... Uh, 2v1 mm. on Gallon and then had a crack at Gallon himself. So, no, it's, uh, that excites me. But it also what will excite me and, and what will probably send a few midfielders from probably a couple of decades ago shaking in their boots still the thought of Sammy Tuitipo being a part of some live action again. He's, he's fighting. Um, he's fighting uh, Roy Asatasi. So size-wise, it doesn't seem too fair for me because... Although Sammy could hit like nobody else, he is a smaller man and has probably played professional rugby in the midfield. I mean, I don't want to offend anyone here, but when you look at the rugby versus league matchups, the league players seem to be a lot bigger. And when you look at the rugby guys, they're the fitter ones, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. When um, it comes to this, these combinations they've got. Yeah, the, the league was. There's some a, big guys. Sionu Farmoina? Yeah, but also do a lot of training boxing training so it'll be interesting to see how it all goes but I can't, I can't wait to see well I can't wait to see all of the fights uh, DJ, Well James Gavitt last year pushed Liam yes. remember and he'd never fought before in his life DJ was the one that surprised me I didn't, when I saw that name I was, I was a bit So fit though isn't very he? Fit. Like the fittest guy but out But also one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet mm, so. well, He's obviously got a bit of mongrel in him yes. somewhere well, I suppose everyone's got a bit of mongrel on them once they get one across the chops. Or as soon as someone starts talking trash about you and saying that they're going to knock you out. Yeah, and, and yes, listeners, I have heard a little rumour that there is still a high-profile sports TV presenter recently married, still to be announced. Imagine the training, uh, my training regime over the last four weeks, if that was the case. It's eight weeks away. It's literally been on pies, lasagna toppers, chicken nuggets. Some, and grins. Some people play professional rugby on that sort of diet. Um, you've got eight weeks to whip yourself into shape. Uh, it won't take long, Kirst. Um, I'll spar with you if need be. Um, so you'll be fine. Well, that is fight for life, and we've got Liam Messam coming up later on. But we're going to relive. We're going to keep reliving the magic from the Basin. Uh, of course, Tom Latham coming up on the program after 5 o'clock. But let's go back to the test match decided by one run yesterday. And Neil Wagner, who was the hero for us, and his initial reaction. 
yeah, it all still feels like a bit of a blur, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's uh, not much time to reflect yet. Um, I think it will sink in a little bit later. Um, when you, I think things are calm, you sit down at home and... But yeah, it's a pretty special moment. It's a, it was a pretty special test to be a part of and just glad I, I could contribute in, in, in some form or way. But everyone put their hand up and it was contributions all around that, that made a pretty special victory. Yeah, it was a team effort beef, but Neil Wagner contributed in a big way, not in a little way, in a huge way. Yeah, and, and we talked about it yesterday. For me, it was obviously his contribution, but also the storyline around it. Mm. Um, I, and I, as a fan of Wag, I certainly didn't like and didn't buy into the fact no. that we had to put him out to pasture. And uh, and I just love the way he responded. Mm. What about the stories coming out uh, from how the team celebrated yesterday? Both New Zealand and England met in the middle of the basin once the crowds had all cleared out and started playing a ginormous game of keepy-uppies with the soccer ball. Yeah, I saw that. Like, I could get it if we're at Lords, but we're back in New Zealand here. I would have preferred if the boys, the Black Cat boys, said, right, let's play some ball rush. You know, like, this is home ground advantage and just ruffle them up a bit. Like, I look at a few of those. Do and- our Black Caps boys look like the kind of boys that will challenge someone at Bull Rush? Um, Who do you think's cutting Ben Stokes in half? Wagner, for, for, for starters. You've seen the fury he bowls with. Tim Salvey was a absolute prodigy of a young uh, loose forward lock at King's High School, I believe. He was... Uh, Brought down from the the far north, so there's a few in there, surely. Oh, I mean, you would have watched uh, Kane kick some goals on mm. Tauranga Domain, no doubt. Yeah, furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, okay, point taken. Uh, not a whole lot. Oh, Matt Henry would be able to chop a few in half too, I'd say. Well, um, they were chopping a few beers in half after they played keepy uppies. They both went into the shed, shared uh, some drinks together before the limo that Tom Blundell did organise. Oh, he did get the limo there. Two rides around the Basin Reserve before they went up Mount Vic. How many, do we know how many batsmen gate crashed? Uh, no idea. Mm. Probably the whole team. You'd yeah. jump in, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want to miss out. Oh, it was one of those nights that you'd want to stick together, wouldn't it? Yeah. I know they've got the tradition of the of the bowlers going up there, but geez, it'd be one of those nights you just want to stick together and say, let's do it. But we're calling on you. You know how you felt during that final hour, that final half an hour when we genuinely didn't know which way that test was going to go, the, ra- the roller coaster, the ups and downs? We're calling on you to dive deep into the memory bank. What single New Zealand sporting moment beats that? That one run victory at the Basin yesterday. Is there a single sporting moment? We're not talking about an entire test or an entire match or game of something. We're talking about one solitary moment. For example, the Grand Alley at six. Yes. We're talking sporting moments. What stands out for you? Double eight, double three on the Tempered Bedpost text line. Does any single sporting moment in New Zealand history top that for you, Beeve? Oh, I happened to be there when going out at hit a six in a packed Eden Park. Do you feel the same way? Or, or, or more? I, Did you feel more? Well, because for those who weren't listening yesterday, I was uh, in the Coromandel following on Crick Info and the TAB app. So I was just trying to gauge the response and then every now and again I'd hear some noise coming through the, the headphones that was actually the office the office staff roaring and be it a boundary or, or a wicket. So the fact that I was there physically and a part of watching the Grand Alley at mm. six, it, 
Hits different. Hits, oh, hits different, Kirst. Hits real different. Um, and, and it probably also helped that it was uh, close to midnight because of the rain delays. Uh, or was it a situation where... Was it that late, was it? Yeah, because I don't rain remember delays. it being rain that delays, late. What people forget about, rain delays actually saved us. At one stage... So was it midnight was that rocking. Elliot hit that? Well, in my world, it could have been... I feel like it was nine o'clock. No, it felt... It could have been whatever time was, to what be fair. What time was that? Yeah, it was between nine and ten, I think. Yeah, probably it eleven. definitely wasn't midnight. It I remember like midnight. vividly being on a flatmate's couch, jumping up and down on a weekday. It wasn't midnight. It was, a, it was a Tuesday because I ended up at uh, Danny Doolan's that night and uh, one of the great nights. But no, for me, I'd probably still have to go Grand Alley at six. Mm, Brett said beating Aussie and Hobart. Yes. Bracewell's. Well, yeah, Doug uh, Bracewell. Yeah. Dougie Bracewell's great test. Um, was it? Take us back to the moment. What was the moment, Brett? I thought you had audio. I thought you were looking at Jacob. I just got to put that one on quick. Jacob, it's back to the moment, Brett. Give it to us. What is that single moment that stands out that set your heart alight, that gave you the flutters in your stomach when you just genuinely didn't know where that game, that test or match was Dougie going Bra- to go? Dougie Bracewell took a fifer, I think, in the, in the final innings there. And that was, uh, I mean, that was almost the start of a bit of an Aussie decline. That's uh, that's just uh, victory. A mini collapse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dean says uh, Brian McKechnie's kick against Wales. Uh, McKechnie. Um, McKechnie. Uh, I'm always usually the butt of any pronunciation, so I'm going to pull you up on that. It's Thank the, you, babe. The great Brian Thank McKechnie. Uh, instant Kiwi ad for many years. Oh. You remember those? The yes. Instant Kiwi ads. He was he was the mainstay of a lot of those actually. PJ, the World Cup. That kick, the Beaver. Oh. That would take some beating, PJ. It's made a career. <laughs> How did you feel in that moment when Beef lined up that kick? Did it set your heart alight? Was it the same as Neil Wagner yesterday? England requiring two runs to win. The Black Caps needing a wicket. Was it the same sort of feeling when Beaver kicked that at the World Cup in 2011? Justin, this is brilliant from Justin. Here is a name that only your real league fans will remember and that takes Jacob out of the equation because he's still trying to work out the Frizzell if he's just a young fella playing for the Knights this year in the back row. Uh, up and comer. Up and comer. Great pickup. It'll be cheap on fantasy. Uh, hey guys, as a Warriors fan, both the John Carlaw try and the O2 semi. There is a name from the past. Take us to the moment, Beef. Take us to the moment. I'm trying to remember. Who, who did they play in the semi to make that 0-2 final? Obviously, Roosters in the grand final. Uh, Bulldogs played the Roosters in the other semi. Who did they, did they beat? A, no, was it a Cronella? I've got a feeling it might have been a Cronella to, that they beat to go uh, go into that uh, grand final. Uh, and the Johnson Dummy in the 2-11 semi. And I think, I just sorry, I just removed the text. That's how good I am with this. Uh, I would have thought it might have been against Melbourne. Johnson turned it on against Melbourne that year. They made the run to it. Uh, just complete side topic. Uh, I met Liam Messon when he came to my work back when Invercargill had Super Rugby games. Yes, we did used to have a few games in Invercargill. Made me feel really, really small. Where does the where does he come at using the Beaver measuring device? Uh, I think Great question, Mark. I think he's probably a point nine eight. He's a touch shorter than me, isn't he? Would you say that, Kirst? I think he is. A little, a little, a little bit. You're you're a big. Human beef. He's a touch shorter, I think. So he's about a point nine eight, point nine seven, I think, uh, Liam. But uh, he's he's well and truly in a lot better shape than uh, 
and said said uh, comparison right now, I'll give you the tip. Look, we're getting a lot of messages coming through. This what is the single sporting moment? One tiny little moment in a match, a test, a game oh. uh, over the years, over the decades that you can remember that gave you the same feeling as Neil Wagner yesterday at the Basin. Someone says, come on, guys, had to be the kick. Was in the bag as soon as it snuck in in the right-hand upright. <laughs> I like our humour here. Uh, Lomu running over Cat from Trent. Yes, how how we forget. That would be as good as rugby moment, like in isolation, I reckon you could get. Uh, we got a, we got a caller in Curse from Wellington. Brent, tell me you were there, mate. Uh, i got a better one for you, baby. Go on. Houston's, penalt- Houston's penalty to beat the Springboks in 81 at Eden Park last test. I've seen footage. I won't say I remember it because it was a couple of years before me. But uh, And that was obviously a, a fairly controversial test series, wasn't it? Yes. Was that, was that the actual day? If you'd have missed that kick, brother, yeah. I don't know what would have happened. I know. Was that, was that the day of the flower bombings? Yes. Yeah, it was. That was the test. That was the test, babe. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And you were the there. Test. Nah, unfortunately, no, I was in Taupo, but I watched it, bro. Yeah. Jeez, that have been... No, nah, it was one of those crucial moments, eh, bro? Yes. Yeah, and, and I guess the whole thing, whole thing will go down in New Zealand history, that whole series, and I guess the controversy that surrounded it. Keep them coming, double eight, double three on the Temper and Bed Post text line or 0800 150 811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. Thanks so much for your call, Brent. If you would like to call through and let us know what single sporting moment in history, go back in time, take us back, take us to that moment. What made you feel like you did after watching that final innings of the Basin yesterday? What made you feel that way? Double eight, double three, would love to hear from you. Yes, it is. This is The Run Home on SENZ. Great to have you with us today. We are reliving the feelings from yesterday. How did that make you feel? The one-run victory at the Basin yesterday after five long days of Test cricket. Did it make it all worthwhile? And is there a moment in history that tops that one? Take us back to something that made you feel the same or give us a call 0800 811. We've got Justin joining us from the West Coast or Mid-Canterbury. Which one is it, Justin, and, and what moment have you got for us? Um, well, I said about the two Warriors ones before, but I just remembered an even better one. Um, I'll just paint a picture. 2008 Warriors versus Melbourne. Warriors <coughs> winning... With the Michael Luck try, yes, to be the first number eight team to beat the number one team, and uh, oh yeah, that 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 was the best moment in my Warriors history. And that's <laughs> and that's somebody took forever to put down, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one we just yeah in the corner and then kick the kick the conversion from the uh, from the sideline. So. Ah yes, that was a great. It was at the old uh, what they call that Olympic Park. Where the uh, yeah. where the storm used to play, ninety five for me. I remember sitting on a hill. I was at a barbecue on the other side of the Manukau Harbour, and we could see Mount Smart's uh, fireworks for the opening game against the Broncos. That's something I'd have been about eight, and that's something I will forever remember too. To be fair, uh, Justin, do you remember that one, the opening game? I do. Right. Yeah, I am um, talking about that semi against the Sharks. I always one thing I always take away from that game, apart from John Carlos' try, it was. Uh, how fast Clinton Torpy was. Like he yeah. scored a try just after half time from, from halfway and man that fella had some wheels. And uh always remember the, the commentary when Rabs said that uh, he had it on good authority 
that the Warriors were going to get smashed in the second half. And he said, I don't know who told me. He says, but they're full of crap. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Yeah, certainly a golden run. And when they were hot, Clinton Torpy was unbelievable. Thanks for your call, Justin. We're going to go to Nelson. I don't know if it's a friend of a show, Baz McCullum, but it is a Bazza. Bazza, how are you, mate? Good day. How are we going? Good. What can be better than Dick Taylor 74 Commonwealth Games? Talk us through it, Bez. When you won the gold medal in the 74 Commonwealth Games. Take us back to the moment. Well, bloody hell, what do you think? It was bloody brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. Golden generation, too, of of, uh, middle-distance runners for us then, wasn't it? Absolutely. And the other thing that reminds me a little bit, because I've been out in New Zealand a long time, as you know, I lived in Papua Guinea for 40 years. What about Brian McKechnie kicking that bloody goal to beat Wales? Yeah, absolutely. We've had a few. We've had it's a been few. been nominated, hasn't it? Yeah, McKechnie keeps getting mentioned. And, uh, geez, he has been a part of many a famous or infamous sporting moment in this country, that's for sure. Very good, Bazza. Very good. Very Thank good. you so much for the call. Keep them coming on the Makita New Zealand phone line, 0800 150811. There's another in Beeve. There's another one They're here. They're waiting. Uh, Bodie Barrett, the famous Go Bodie Go. Oh, Justin Marshall's commentary that will mm. long live long in the live. memories. Long live. And we've, we're down to Dunedin now. We've got Dean on the line. Dean, how are you, mate? Oh, you made a call. Good luck. Good on the cricketers, mate. Honestly, that's a wide. But I'm not going to drill on that. But uh, for me, I'm a rugby head, pure and simple. And um, Fitzy smashing the ground in South Africa to let the All Blacks know we can win anywhere. That was huge in 96. Absolutely huge. And if I can just say a little bit more, that's exactly why Ireland are going good now and exactly why Forster should walk away. Because now they believe. And look at them go. I mean, well, now, mate, they're playing such good footy. Totally different rules. We're playing some stupid rule of why are we doing that in a World Cup year. I've got no idea. But that moment of him smashing the ground, unbelievable. And we, Greg, and going four more pies. Yep, totally agree. We deserved it. And um, it is what it is. Absolutely. The, uh, the Fitzpatrick moment in South Africa, I think it was at Loftus, which I don't know how many times the All Blacks had won there, but obviously that was 96 was the first time they'd ever won a series up there, Kirst. So. They uh, they broke the ceiling, as mm. they say, the '96 All Blacks, and they had to overcome a lot of uh, a lot of hurdles along the way. I think they were down to Johnny Preston was, I think, playing ten for them. He had gone over obviously as a halfback, but I think they had injuries to Mertz, and uh, I think Colhane was in co- involved as well. Obviously, Spencer was around at the time, but uh, yeah. Fantastic stuff. Keep More. your wonderful sporting memories Absolutely. coming through. This is great, reliving it. Talk us through your moments, how you felt at the time, what actually happened. Great sporting moments. Pick out something small from a match or a game over the years and tell us how does it stack up? How does it compare to that at the Basin yesterday? The drama and the emotion that we went through that we were riding for the entire afternoon between New Zealand and England. We'll hear from you right after News and Sport.
Uh, welcome back into a run home with Curse and Beeve. We are talking all things wonderful sporting moments in New Zealand on the back of what some are saying, probably our greatest test cricket moment yesterday with Neil Wagner getting the boys home. Charlie, have you got another one for us, mate? Yes, well, I've seen, I've seen in front of two of your friends and uh, Ian Park in the World Cup semi-final with Beat Australia, a bit of a, a premature inoculation given the final, but um, I was sitting in front of Jamie Wobber and uh, Damian McKenzie, and that was just, for an occasion, that was that was unmatched. It was just the most fervent Eden Park crowd I've ever come across. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the the cricket, the Grand Elliot Six, which was pretty damn special. I'll never forget the noise that went around Eden Park that night, Charlie, when the the six hit. It seemed to stay around for what seemed like five minutes. It was probably only thirty seconds, but the noise that went around Eden Park that night, Charlie, was something else. That's what it was like yesterday. Have you seen the vision that has come out of the basin? There's literally schoolboys just standing in huddles screaming and it just goes on and on and on. Great to chat. Thank you so much for your time, Charlie. Keep the calls coming through. We've got Cal calling. Cal, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Kirsty. Look, I'll tell you what, my two moments, they don't involve sort of like, uh, how can you put it, individual sports people, but Kiwi winning the Melbourne Cup. Mm. It was fantastic. Last going around, and I tell you what, the other one, Bone Crusher and Waverley Star, if, you, if you've never seen that race in the Cox Plate, look it up. All right, the next question, I guess, for you, Cal, is uh, did you have money on any of them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Bone, Bone Crusher, love that horse. Even better. Uh, brilliant, Cal, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Keep them coming in, guys. We're looking for those wonderful, wonderful sporting Kiwi moments that I guess, rivalled what we saw yesterday. The one in a millions, those when you just don't think you have a chance, when all hope has been lost except for our fighting Kiwis. What are those moments for you? Double eight, double three. Time now to catch up with Paul Mawati from the TAB. Watch and bet live in your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Paulie, tell us you were there yesterday. Tell us you were living that moment. <laughs> I wish I was. I was a, a few kilometres down the road across the bay in Petoni, but it would have been great to be there at the base and to witness just a fantastic uh, test match, just a fantastic sporting event, to be fair. And um, congratulations to the Black Caps. I must say, uh, I think on day two or day, yeah, I think it was day two, I went, these guys are gone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm sorry to say, I don't think you're alone on that front, uh, Paulie. It's uh, it's fair to say. No, no, no. So you never ride off. Uh, I guess a, just a team, a fighting team, a team that's got spirit. You just can't write them off. And uh, I guess if you're looking from the English side of things, did they make the right decision in enforcing the follow-on? There's all these factors that come into it. In the end, it doesn't matter. It was a fantastic test match, and the Black Caps came out on the right side of the ledger. Absolutely. Now, talking about coming out on the right side of the ledger, the ledger seems to be getting wider and wider here because any of the Kiwi teams who were favourite at the start of the week, they seem to be getting shorter. The Rebels, in particular, out, out to five bucks against your Hurricanes. That 15.5 points head start, that'll keep moving by if Tom Friday comes around, won't it, Paulie? Well, it certainly will if the uh, the money continues to come for the Hurricanes. We just cannot turn the tap off. Punters are just, uh, as you say, very, very keen uh, on the New Zealand 
super rugby teams at the moment, even... <laughs> OK, maybe not the Highlanders, maybe not so much <laughs> them, <laughs> but certainly the Crusaders, the Hurricanes, um, the Blues, the che- they're, they're, they're getting stuck in. Yeah, they love... They're, there's a whole lot of Maltese running through them as well. So I'm just concerned that when... The, <laughs> When I return to work on Monday, I don't know how much money is going to be in the bank sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, could be, yeah, it could be dangerous. There's one that intrigues me, and uh, it's the Blues-Brumbies. Now, Blues, yep, mightily impressive last week, really were. But the Brumbies, Australia's best team, without a shadow of doubt, and will be again at 4.20? Surely that's getting a few nibbles in Australia. Uh, in Melbourne, though, Eve. Yeah. It's, it's getting a few nibbles. What is getting um, a bit of action is the Brumbies plus the points. Ten and a half. And I think, yeah, and I think that's moved a point or two since it opened as well. So, yeah, there's, there's been a bit of money uh, for the Brumbies plus the points because that is a significant yes. um, point start for them. Um, and I can understand why punters are, be- are, are taking that. They, uh, As you say, they'll be the best team from Australia uh, once again. And they, they, once again, you sort of think of the black. They, they won't give up the Brumbies. No. They'll keep plugging away, plugging away. And if they can frustrate the opposition, then next thing you know, with 60 minutes to go, they're only down by three or something. It, it, it's all on. Yeah, they've got a they've got a real culture there, the Brumbies. Yeah, so you can't expect them to lie down. Now, talking about lying down, uh, rain, hail, or shine. You always tell us the punters come for the Warriors. Is that dollar fifty four oh, enticing plenty? Oh boy, it's it's our season. <laughs> the, money, the money is telling me it's our season. They are getting stuck into the Warriors head to head, getting stuck into the Warriors. I think the bookies have had to move the uh, point start there. I think it's moved from four and a half to five and a half. So they're really, really stuck to get stuck into the Warriors on the head to head market as well. Um, don't forget, we've got our NRL Power Predictor promotion going. Uh, check out the TAB website for that. But yes, if the money, if the action is anything to go by in this match, then the Warriors are going to have a huge, huge season. Thank you very much, Paul. Great to get you on again. All good. Thanks, guys. We'll have catch a you good again night. later. Thanks, mate. Paul Moati from the TAB. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Do gamble responsibly. It is R18. There are so, so many moments coming through. Winx's final run is one that stands out. Uh, Jim from Tamuka, the single moment. 2015 Rugby World Cup. Go Bowden. Go Bowden. And Richie leads us to defend the cup. That's Jim's one. There's, a, there's an interesting one here, but I was... At both two, uh, Texan, no name I don't think is uh, part of this one, but uh, the text reads, I was at both semi-final and New Zealand versus Oz game in 2015 World Cup and must admit atmosphere when Kane Williamson hit the winning six was just that bit better than Grant Elliott's. Yeah, it's a, oh, I do remember it being pretty special too. The thing about that one is it turned into about a 20, versus, a 20, over, 20 over game because nobody scored more than about 115 runs that day. It was a phenomenal day at Eden Park. The Australians looked dead and buried, then we looked absolutely gone until Kane got us home. The thing I'll never forget is a few of the Australian players, who you don't need to guess too many uh, of who they were, were running around with about when we were eight down, running around at the, uh, the, the old terrace end of uh, Eden Park where I was sitting that day holding their throats, uh, mimicking that the Black Caps were choking and they were doing it to the crowd. So you could have imagined 
how hostilities were towards those certain individuals. And as I said, you don't have to think too hard about what Australian cricketers they were that were doing it that day, but that was just as special, you're right. Well, for Paul, he says it was that line-out still. I'm presuming, I'm reading into it, Jonah Nanwil at the Women's Rugby World Cup that will long live in the memory of Kiwis when all hope seemed like it was lost in that one moment. And she goes up, the hand of God, and steals it. Double eight, double three, keep your sporting moments. The moments, the memories, the emotions that you felt over the years that come close or maybe even beat the moment yesterday when Neil Wagner got Jimmy Anderson out at the Basin for New Zealand to win by one run. We'll be back right after this with News Hub's rugby reporter, Ollie Ritchie. Following wide-ranging consultation and after carefully weighing up all scenarios and the key lessons from 2019, New Zealand rugby is now commencing a process for selecting the All Blacks head coach from 2024. That was the chair of New Zealand Rugby, Dame Patsy Reddy, after meeting with the board late last week. They've decided the All Blacks coaching appointment, well, it started. As far as we're aware, we'll know in the next four to six weeks who the next All Blacks coach will be after Ian Foster, after the Rugby World Cup in France. And joining us to talk about it is News Hub's rugby reporter and wonderful friend of the show, Ollie Ritchie. Ollie, welcome in. Thank you for your time. What did we learn from today's announcement and press conference? Yeah, afternoon, Kirst. Afternoon, Beeve. Um, I'm not sure if you've been refreshing your emails, but literally as we go to air right now, the news has just come in. Ian Foster will not be reapplying for the All Blacks top it's job. It's all happening. So it's all happening. We get really as we go to air. This is about as breaking as it gets right now. Um, yeah, look, w- what we learned was that New Zealand rugby wanted to go in a different direction. That much was clear. It was it was abundantly clear by the fact that they announced they were going to appoint the next coach before the World Cup. It said that they were going to move away from Ian Foster and go in a different direction, regardless of whether Foster wanted to reapply for that job or not. We have now obviously just learned, literally in the last few minutes, uh, that Ian Foster will not be reapplying for his job. His time uh, in charge of the All Blacks as part of the All Blacks coaching group will come to an end at the end of the Rugby World Cup in France. There will be a new man in charge next year. Well, I mean, Ollie, that's glaringly obvious, wasn't it? The fact that he was never going to win it right now, was he? His, his only chance stood, and I guess that's why he went on the media blitz there last week as one sort of last-ditch last, last ditch effort. If it gets named after the World Cup and they win it, yep, he's as good a chance as probably anyone. But the fact is he was never going to win it in, in March, in April, was he? No, that's right. And that, you're exactly right, Dave. That was his only chance of holding on to the job, was to delay the appointment process and to try and win the World Cup because it is an open World Cup. And so, you know, you can't count the All Blacks out at all. But you're right, that was absolutely his only chance uh, of being the All Blacks head coach from 2024 onwards was to, late, to, to delay that process uh, and to try and win a World Cup. Obviously, that process hasn't been delayed. He knew the writing was on the wall. Uh, he knew his time was up. Ollie, we know you've got to be gone in about 30 seconds, so I'll just keep this one quick. But is this an open process for the next All Blacks coach or are they shoulder tapping? Uh, they're shoulder tapping. It's it's not an anyone can apply, as I understand it. There's one front runner, and that's, that's Scott Robertson. Um, and look, you'd have to you'd have to probably say he deserves to be the front runner. It's hard to argue with his record um, over the last six years um, down at the Crusaders. Maybe a slight blip last week to open up. Uh, a slight blip, Ollie. Is that what you call it? Slight blip. Is that what you call that, Ollie? Slight blip. 
Just a slight He's fatiguing. Slip. I had one of those potholes. <laughs> just had one of those potholes down and That was a huge lump. <laughs> um, but yeah, you'd have to think that Scott Robertson is, is very much the front runner now. Ollie, absolutely brilliant to be able to get you on. We know you're busy, so we'll let you go. But thank you for coming on with that absolutely exclusive breaking news for us. No worries, guys. Ollie Ritchie, News Hub's uh, chief rugby reporter, coming in with the juice. So, of course, this process is underway. They're shoulder-tapping candidates. It sounds like there is only one, Razor Robertson. We are going to go through the potential candidates. And Ian Foster has put out a statement. And this is what it says. Uh, as I said last week, I felt the best thing for our team and for our entire management group was to have this process done after the Rugby World Cup. That hasn't happened, but we will accept this decision and move on. My sole focus remains unchanged. It's to lead this All Blacks team and management group and our planning and preparation so that we can go to France with the goal of winning the Rugby World Cup and making this country proud. I won't be reapplying for the job of head coach. Well, he wasn't going to get it if he did apply, right? No, not not if it had been decided in uh, March or April. Absolutely no chance. So, as I've always said, I think this is the best thing for him. He won't be sitting there tonight thinking that. But he mentioned it in that statement. He can his now sole focus, because I said it last week, his sole focus wouldn't have been winning Paris. It would have also been all this other stuff that's been going on in the in the press, this political plays that has all been unfolding. So I think it's starting to become a lot clearer. I th- With this unfolding for me now, I'm leaning back to my initial gut feeling that it is Razor's job. Um, when you think back to that Joey Wheeler interview. Um, Joey had the scoop Joey's before Razor even came out uh, and said there'll be an announcement in the next two weeks. He wasn't wrong, was he? The big two sc- weeks after <laughs> Razor said that, here they are. The big scoop there from Joey. Interesting, some of the wording Fozzie's using against his current employer. Um, well, if you read between the lines mm. there, it's, it's pretty strong wording. Um, so, yeah, interesting. But uh, I mean, he's not going to lose his job between now and then. And poof, Depends out there. No, he's not, but... You know, it's just it is it is an interesting time, and I guess now it just ramps up straight shootout between you would think Razor and if anyone, wow, Jamie or or maybe a few other little wild cards. If it is not already a done deal, if it's not already a done deal, there may be a few wild cards. We're going to go through those wild cards later, but we want to get back to the cricket yes. because. Look, 24 hours is not enough to digest this. We're talking sporting moments. What sporting moment? What sporting moment can you think of in the history that actually surpasses that moment, how you felt watching the action from the Basin in that final innings yesterday? Cameron said the greatest sporting moment for me, for him, Jonah tiptoeing down the sideline for the match winner against the Wallabies in the game of the century, that match in 2000. The one that the All Blacks got up by a truckload early, then it looked like they were going to lose it, and then, as he says... Jonah tiptoeing. Here's one from Carl that I love. Michael Campbell holding off Tiger Woods in his prime to win the US Open. Michael Campbell had a wonderful, wonderful few years there where he, as Carl mentioned, he went toe-to-toe with the great Tiger Woods when I don't think anyone's ever dominated sport quite like Tiger Woods has his golf in that era. Keep those sporting moments coming. What has long lived in your memory bank like that test finish Will and Wellington yesterday? Double eight, double three. And if you've got any questions for Tom Latham, he's coming up on the show just after five o'clock. This is the run home on SENZ. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move more Kiwi sporting memories. I tell you what, Beef. 
Brian McKechnie? Yes. He's coming up a lot. He's, he is coming up a lot. Fitzy um, as well, pounding the ground in South Africa in 96. All-time favourite for Dean. Oh, Sarah Ulmer winning gold. Yes. 2000 Athens, that is a beauty. And the Stags beating Canterbury in the Shield Challenge 9-3 with old mate Jimmy Cowan as Waterboy. It had to get a mention. A wonderful day in the deep, deep South history. Oh, what about the All-Whites against Bahrain, the header? That's from John and Wellington. Yeah. Anytime they qualified, seems to stick long in the memories of our football fans in this country. Keep them coming. Double eight, double three. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Rotaflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kirsten Beef. Welcome back to The Run Home on ECNZ on Wednesday, the 1st of March. We're having so much fun reliving all your sporting moments, that one little moment that can make all the difference, whether it was a wicket, a run, uh, for Sarah Ulmer on the bike, it was a whole lot more. It was a, it was a medal. What about this one that's close to home? Israel Dags try against South Africa. Just get the ball down, boy. He that's, got told off for that as well. That's right. And uh, Izzy bounced back very quickly from that with a quick one-liner, I do believe. Uh, a memorable moment. You'll remember this one, Kirst, the, the budding netballer you once were. Uh, Silver Ferns were in the Netball World Cup. Never forget. Mm. Mm. When they brought back all the, the golden I was generation. I primary school. And we oh, watched they've it. They've done it a few, haven't they? We watched. Oh, okay. You're talking about well, in know. the last couple of years? 2019. Yeah. Oh, we're talking 2019. That was amazing. When Dame Nolene in one year turned that team around after the Commonwealth Games. From the depths of despair, that's what we're talking about, aren't we? When it doesn't <laughs> seem likely, when it's unbelievable and no one thinks you're going to win. Paulie said it. After day three, everyone had ridden these black caps off and how they came back to even survive to go to day five. Do you know, I've never heard of that analogy so much in the world of sport since uh, a friend of the show, Ricky Swinnell, used that. It's, it's, it's a famous a, line in commentary now. very famous line. Everyone wants to use it. That's it is a famous line in commentary. Uh, Kiwi from last to win the Melbourne Cup. That's from Todd. Kiwi coming up a few times as well. Absolutely. Um, and Craig just reckons go with Seagulls. I'm not sure they've had any great moments at long live in the Kiwi sports fans. Beating the Warriors. <laughs> memory. Uh, whenever they won grand finals, it was a bit of a non-event. So... Uh, Kitten coming in. Uh, the Landers beating the Hurricanes in 215 final. Upset of for the ages. Everyone had ridden them off. Thank you for that one. What about the commentary? Someone actually texted in Grant Nisbet's commentary. 20 years of heartbreak. I'm trying to think. That's that's almost up there. For, um, what is, what's your one now that, you, that you've copied? On the depths of despair. Yes, yes. That's beautiful. Mm. 
Well, time to move on because coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, our very own black cat Tom Latham is about to join us on the program. We've got all your super rugby, super round news. Who's in, who's out, plus drive to survive for a $100 TAB bonus bet voucher. Scott Sattler, great Panther, of course, is coming on the show after six. Plus, we've got Liam Messam ahead of Fight for Life. We're just eight weeks out and we're going to go over the All Blacks potential coaching candidates now that it has been confirmed. The process is open. We will know in a month's time and Ian Foster has just released a statement saying it will not be him. He will not put his hand up this time around. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. This is the Run Home feature interview. Thanks to McDelivery. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A perfect piece of commentary from the Spark Sport commentary team, Craig McMillan, uh, there. But joining us to talk all about is our Black Caps opener, Tom Latham. Tom, great to have you joining us on the program and a massive congratulations. I'm sure you've been riding a high for the last 24 hours. So tell us about the celebrations. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, obviously, uh, uh, I guess, an amazing afternoon or amazing day, to be fair. Um, yeah, obviously, we... Celebrated well accordingly. The the bowlers um, went up in the limo around Mount Victoria, and we met them out in town afterwards. So um, yeah, I guess it was a worthy worthy of a celebration. That's for sure. Tom, was it was there much of a feeling amongst the batters that this was the time to gate crash the the limo <laughs> party? Surely you all wanted to go up. Nah, the bowl the bowlers are a little bit precious. So um, you know, us, us, us batters just sort of get on and get on and do the job, but, you know, the bowlers need a few accolades, but uh, rightly so with the, the performance they uh, they put out yesterday, which was great. Mate, you talk about the performance that they put out, but I guess, you know, special victory because it was one run and because you're forced to follow on, but the fact that, I guess, so many of the team contributed, obviously, so many of the batsmen got significant runs in that second innings when you were forced to follow on, that must be pretty satisfying and, and pretty awesome for the team to all sit around last night knowing that there wasn't many that didn't play a major part in uh, getting the result. Yeah, you're right, and I guess that's, um, I guess you're, you're always looking to try to play the perfect game of cricket, but very rarely does that happen, and uh, I guess with our, our backs to the wall sort of on day two, to, uh, I guess to, to then you know, absorb a, a lot of pressure and then to, to put it back on them and, and different guys standing up at different times was uh, was ideal. And I guess that's the that's the beauty of a team sport that uh, you know some days it's going to be some some guys' day and, and not for the others. But um, yeah, I think throughout the the five days, uh, you know, everyone stood up at different times, and um, yeah, it was obviously a little bit too close for for comfort, but <laughs> uh, it was nice that we nice that we got across the line. It was absolutely brilliant. Tom, tell us about the atmosphere uh, in that final innings yesterday from the base and the banks are full, the Barmy Army's in full voice. What's it like and how do you just keep your cool out there? Uh, yeah, atmosphere was fantastic. I think it's probably one of the best atmospheres I've had in uh, certainly in a game of test cricket at home. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, the Barmy Army, they're, they're great cricket supporters. They, they enjoy good cricket. So, 
uh, I guess they were kind of on your side, but not on your side at the same time, um, which was which was cool. But yeah, just created a great atmosphere. Obviously, it was I think it was free entry, so uh, you know there was plenty of people there. And I guess for us, it was just trying to I guess make it as hard as possible for uh, for them. And I guess towards the end, uh, obviously we had the, the short ball plan, um, you know, to to go at their tail enders, and um, you know. It, as I said, it got a little bit too close to comfort, but um, yeah, we, we had one run enough, which was nice. Obviously, as someone who didn't have to roll the arm over yourself on that final day, mate, what's it like as far as the ride of emotion? Obviously, mm-hmm. we had the great morning where everyone started to believe and almost in the box seat, and then they had a bit of a reaction from obviously a couple of their big names and then obviously get back to being cliffhanger at the end. What's it like when obviously... You're standing in the field following this, and obviously a part of it, but uh, must be you must be go from the highest of highs, then start to wonder if it's going to happen. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. As you said, we had a had a great first hour. I think we got uh, we got four wickets, and, and obviously got the the big wicket of Harry Brook without facing the ball, which was um, you know which was a bonus. So, uh, but I guess for us, like we've always talked about, saying sort of level with cricketers, and um, you know trying to try not to ride the wave of emotions too much because, you know, things can change pretty quickly in the game of cricket and, and I guess that's what happened, um, you know, yesterday afternoon when, uh, you know, they looked like they were, you know, cruising pretty much with, with Stokesy and, and root betting and, and then the way Waggy came in and, and bowled that spell was uh, was awesome, you know, to, I guess, to, to get on the back of that, uh, which we had many times before, a spell like that of Waggy, it was, uh, it was pretty cool to... I guess you, you had to. You were you were pretty high with the emotions. It was it was a great atmosphere. Everything was um, yeah, everything was buzzing, which was nice. So um, yeah, it was nice that we managed to, I guess, keep our cool in the end and and get across the line. Tom, there's been so much talk about what the future looks like of Test cricket. What do you think the last five days uh, says about Test cricket? Did that just revitalise the format? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think um, you know, Test cricket is a wonderful game. I think if you talk to most cricketers, it's the that's the pinnacle. It's the one that I, you know, playing the most. And I guess there's not many other games that you can have the feeling of you know, sitting down after five days and, and coming down to one run. Um, you know, with the amount of things that ebbs and flows of a, of a game of cricket. But I guess from a spectator's point of view, I guess the way England are playing, you know, they're playing a, a pretty exciting brand of cricket at the moment. And, and I guess that's bringing crowds. That's bringing um, you know people to watch them and. And, you know, if English cricket's strong, then, um, you know, then usually cricket around the world's strong as well in, in the longer format. So um, I guess games like that, um, you know, hopefully it draws more crowds and more interest in because uh, we certainly love playing the longer format. And obviously now, after after that result, boys pretty excited to probably get back out there and rip into Sri Lanka. What's, uh, what's the process between now and then? Yep, exactly. Uh, we're, most of us have a few days at home. Um, you know, next game's uh, here in Christchurch, so um, you know, get a few, few extra days at home, which is nice. And then uh, we assemble on Monday and, uh, and then a couple of trainings and then back into it. So, um, again, in your opposition, um, you know, we obviously have to do all our homework that we usually do leading up to a series. So uh, I guess another exciting opportunity for us to continue a little bit of momentum that we built up uh, probably over the last sort of three days. Now, Tom, uh, we noticed that there was a massive game of keepy-uppies with the soccer ball in the middle of the basin after the test yesterday between uh, your side and England. Beaver has pitched the idea. Um, what about a game of bull rush between New Zealand and the opposition? 
Yeah, I think we would win that one. We weren't, <laughs> we weren't so good with the uh, with the football skills, that's for sure. They, they, they like catching it up on the floor where we, where we have a bounce. So, um, yeah, a bit of ball rush or a bit of rugby or something. Would have, I think we would have been right with that. <laughs> <laughs> just an idea for next time. Just an idea. Hey, Tom, thank you so, so much for joining us. Go uh, and be with your family for the next few days before you get back into it. But from all of us here, a massive congratulations. It's been so cool celebrating you guys over the last day. Cheers. Thanks very much. Appreciate the support. Thank you so much. Cheers, Tom Latham joining us there out of Christchurch ahead of their next test against... Who are they playing? Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. But we're still celebrating this. Absolutely. We will not forget this one in, in a long, long time. So cool to be able to get the Black Caps opener on the program as well. Oh, certainly. And, uh, geez, you can just... The, the I guess the treadmill that is mm. international cricket. Yeah, a couple of days at home. It's, it's not weeks. It's no. a couple of days at home, and then they're back into Sri Lanka coming here. But I think this is this is great for the New Zealand cricket summer because oh, I'm in New Zealand summer. We've we've talked about all lack of, but uh, this was always the headline series. The fact the all the hype and hoop player was going to be around this English series, not just because of the the Barmy Army, but the Baz factor and how well England's been going. So now I guess. They had the tough day at the Mount, or a tough game at the Mount. Now the great result at Wellington, wonderful to solidify that and go into Sri Lanka full of confidence. Um, speaking of confidence, yes. I, I didn't expect to get a text out of all the wonderful moments in New Zealand sporting history. I didn't expect to get this text from Jeff. But Jeff's text in, a favourite moment was Kerr sinking the 25-footer at the Grins Classic. First of all, Jeff, thanks for telling us it was 25-foot because we've heard a variety of distances from Kerr over the last three or four months. I only metres. What's 25-foot? <laughs> yeah, well, you said it was about 40 metres, so it wasn't, it's not that. Look, you got me the day after. But uh, <laughs> the morning after, I believe. <laughs> thank you, Jeff, for uh, texting in that. It was of about course. twenty meters. Curse was uh, certainly high on life that day, uh, or maybe it was just the grins. Uh, but yeah, the oh, twenty-five footer. foot's only seven meters. I did that easy. Okay, it's obviously bigger than that, Jeff. Um, get your facts right before you text in about <laughs> that. about the sporting moment of the last decade or two. You're like Jamie's sporting moment, though. Kiwis winning the League World Cup in Brisbane. Oh, yes. like, the best bit yes. was that we thrashed them and the last 20 minutes was just waiting for that final hooter. Then the party started. We sat in a bar in Cardiff watching that. It was early morning and we, I was the bar attached to the hotel. We always stay there in Cardiff and watched the boys there and watched... The Australian superstars mm. just implode mm. with uh, 20 to go. The Billy Slaters of the world. You've never seen Billy Slater make mistakes again like that. But, he uh, learned his lesson. He learned his lesson. Uh, Tony Woodcock, Rugby World Cup 2011. Yep. Over for a try, of course, of the now famous teabag move that uh, Steve Hansen used to roll out on all the big days. Woody went over untouched for a very important try. Um, Ken says Joe Morgan's try against the box in 1976. Second test, Bloemfontein, never forget it. 2am in the morning, Ken was five years old with his dad. Beautiful. Never leaves the memory bank. Do kids still do that? Get up for test matches? I remember doing it. Well, that's because my scar wasn't available. Yes. I think the my scar, the, <laughs> yeah, the modern day has, has changed that. I think some people do, but the yep. majority would just wake up the next morning and watch it over breakfast. It used to be so exciting knowing that. Yeah. You're going to get the wake up on the tap on the shoulder at three or four o'clock in the morning. Did your dad always do yep. it? There was never a time where he didn't wake you up, you woke up the next day and yep. thought, Dad. No, we always got up for it. Sometimes slept in the lounge, which was always good too, because then they'll just wake you up then oh, and there. You just have to open the eyelids. Yep.
don't have to move. How good. Keep your memories, keep your moments coming through. What compares for you? When you talk about the drama and the emotion, what sporting moment in history compares to what we saw and what we felt at the Basin yesterday? Great to relive it all with Tom Latham. When we come back, we're going to replay Smithy's sermon from this morning because it was an absolute beauty. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Rotoflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Hold on to your seats. It's the run home with Kirsten Beeve. Sport is our religion. And here is Smithy's Sermon. Well, I don't want to sound too romantic or corny, but hell, that was a great test match. When you look at the way England want to play for the game itself, it was nigh on perfect. Five days are designed for dominance, counter-punching, ebbs and flows, and a close dramatic finish, bringing all skills and variables into the game. The term test match was coined during the England to- English tour of Australia in 1861-62, but in a different context. It meant that the English team was testing itself against each of the Australian colonies. 161 years later, they are testing themselves against the world in an entirely different style. First official test was played 1877, 145 years ago. Not a hell of a lot uh, of them have possessed more drama than the good old Basin Reserve fronted up with yesterday. Both teams should have and probably did sit down last night in a communal dressing room and uh, they would have been in the concrete bowels of the Basin toasting the fact that regardless of the result, they did the longest form of the game a massive favour. Dying like hell it is. That was a great Kiwi victory by a side far from convincing in terms of its makeup or its recent record. It had to be Southie and Wagner, and it was. And it had to be 40-year-old Jimmy Anderson just to add to the drama. And it was. Was there a wide in the last over that would have tied the scores? The book says no. Honestly, it was the best of the best, not necessarily played by the best, but it did emphasise the value of Test cricket to the game. You see, had that been a white ball game, would we be talking about it this much or reminiscing about it in the decades ahead? No, we wouldn't. Well, not unless, of course, it was a World Cup final. Long live Test cricket. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh, one of the absolute best Smithy sermons to... To date, Beef. Oh, absolutely. And coming from him, obviously, mm. no one knows cricket more than he does. And no one's been at those big moments more than he has. I mean, you think about his commentary in some of these massive moments. He's been at them all. He's been at them all. Tip of the hat, while we're talking about commentary, big moments, tip of the hat to Craig McMillan. He did well, didn't he? Because that's, that's not like the end of the Rugby World Cup final where those guys will have Got had something in their mind a little bit rehearsed. That is a game that is oh. ebbed and flowed, knowing no which way it's going to go. You're making it up on the spot. He's making it up on the spot. He's that's not his bread and butter. He's usually. not a broadcaster. No, it's he, not a he's not a sumo. He's a, no, he's a yeah. he's a comments. That expert, was amazing. Man. Fantastically done. To pull done. that off the top of the head, what would you have said in that moment? Oh, well, no. we have actually got <laughs> what you said <laughs> on the app. On bloody BSI every day. Yeah. Isn't I it? think you said, oh, he's well, done it. Coming off Crick Info. <laughs> Scoreboard's changed, uh, in fairness. Old-fashioned. Uh, yeah, yeah um, I'm a traditionalist there, Jacob, you know that. Craig McMillan, yeah. tap your hat to him. He did, he did brilliant to call that moment because those are the moments that go down in history and those bits of commentary. Well, speaking of moments, he also happened to be on here when um, Kane Williamson went past Ross Taylor as New Zealand's high run scorer. 
But he had a lot more zest in his voice when it hey, came. That one was written on a piece of paper, yeah, wasn't it? it was that all, he knew. Yes. He knew what he was going to say. There's a bit more zest the in greatest. the voice. Some uh, had been calling it. Mm. Uh, greatest victory. Look, was a good win, but we got pumped in the first test. Batted away in the second, I'd say the World Test Final would be better. Significance, World Test Final. Kane and Ross Taylor getting us home, pretty special. Uh, but hey... You've got to you've got to stay up for this, don't you? Uh, keep the good vibes rolling, folks. India versus Australia in 25 minutes for their test. Stress three, jumping around and cheering, plus a bit of laughing out loud. You must be me referring to the fact that you think uh, India is about to do another job on them. And will there be humour in that? I'd imagine so. Um, another one here, and this is won't ring with too many, but from Mulu Les. Oh, yes. Arthur Take us back to the moment, Beef. Arthur Stone, intercept try versus Auckland to win the Shield. Waikato wins 7-3. Uh, look, I wasn't there at the ground. I don't know if I was alive in general, but I have seen that try many times. It always gets rolled out cursed when a Waikato team is about to travel to the Garden of Eden. It's a bit of a motivational video, the Arthur Stone try. You'll like this one, Beef. Take it us back to this. Dean, I played tennis as a kid, so watch Chris Lewis beat Kevin Curran of South Africa at home, at the home of tennis. The Wimbledon. Yes, Lewis did make a great run at Wimbledon, uh, Curse, but for me, I, I still don't think, I know you looked at me saying take us back as if I would better recite it because I watched it with my young, fresh eyes. I don't know if I was quite alive. Um, I don't think I was. Um, but thanks. Chris Lewis. Yeah, Chris what would he Lewis. be, 50 odd? 60. Yes. Yeah. No, he'd be, he'd be nudging odd. 60. He'd have to be 60 In his 20s. Yeah, no. Okay, no <laughs> chance. Up. No chance. I was just quickly doing the maths. Dale, 2011, Vatuvai, Manu, that is, down the sideline to put yes. Michael away to score at the death to knock the storm out of the finals. Put it down, son. I'm trying to remember. We had a call about that earlier in the show, didn't we? Mm. The same try. Put it down, yes. I think it might have been Cam Smith or one of the superstars came across very quick in the piece. Trying to get them. 1995, America's Cup win. Yes. Talk about time off school. We were able to watch all of us. Oh, it was great, wasn't it? Yes. They rolled out the old TVs with the big back on them. NZ Apples. We yeah, always used to NZ, get the... What's it called? NZ Apples. NZ Apples. With the E in front of it. E-N-Z-E-D. Yeah. N-Z. Yeah, yeah. N-Z. <laughs> N-Z. Uh, the Apples. The Apples. The free Apples we all got at primary school. That was also what I remember about the 95. Anyway, back to America's Cookies Cup. moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. So Cookie Texton about the 95 America's Cup win over Stars and Stripes. Five zip. And especially sticking it up Dennis Connor. What was the moment for me? Along with the iconic oh, call yes. by Peter Montgomery, which I think is when something along the lines mm-hmm. of... Completely on the spot. Oh. Give her a bit of warning oh. next time. Oh. Oh. Well, she was acting like she had re- eaten the apples, so I thought she must <laughs> yes, have remembered it. I was three. It. You didn't get free apples at kindy, <laughs> is it? Primary school. Um, I think it was something along the lines of it. The America's Cup. Oh, yes. It's New now Zealand's Cup. New yes. Zealand's Cup. Yes. I wasn't even alive. Famous yes. bit of commentary, wasn't it? Uh, Merkin from Sydney. Afternoon, guys. Best sporting moments. 11 Crusaders tries. 11 Crusaders titles, followed by jealous radio commentators and comments about cheating, poaching, and can tabs feeling guilty. Was that you? I don't know who he's referring to. Is our dad you? Who? Um, yeah, so we had to get... Last Friday, I told you about this. Yes. We had to get on the bandwagon about this poaching carry on. Mm. I mean, it is what it is. Jealousy, uh, please. None whatsoever. I mean, one title would have been nice, but you can have your 11. Um 
had a lot of fun getting zero for the Chiefs. No, we got we, well. I didn't get any, but the Chiefs are doing all right. Keep get, these sporting moments coming through. Double eight, double three. We love reliving them for us. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about moments. Sporting moments, that one in a million kind of moment when all odds, when all hope has been lost for our teams, but they've come back at the death and they've won it. What was that moment for you that overshadows or or maybe matches what Neil Wagner and those black camps did in Wellington yesterday? Well, there are plenty more moments. Uh, Brett says a moment he will never forget or never get over as Ben Stokes of the 2019 World Cup semi. We'll move on quickly, shall we? Uh, final. This is the final. We'll move on quickly. Mm. Aparahama, in no particular order. He's got five moments. Baz is 300. Yes. Javs, six yeah. at the World Cup semi. Grant Elliott. Lomu v Mike Katz try. Yep. Billy Slater's gift in the Rugby League World Cup final. In 08, and Guppy ran out of MS Dhoni in the 2019 World Cup semi in no particular order. There are five moments that has taken Abrahama's breath away. You can't, can't really challenge any of those. They're all unbelievable sporting moments. Jeez, we've had some moments to, to go through. Uh, Bowden Barrett tried the 215 World Cup final. 211 was a bit different because we were expected to win that, even though we had the guy that couldn't fit his shirt. So we all felt relief. Uh, thank you. Uh, bless you, Beaver. Side note, not doubting that it went over because obviously it did, but 12 years later I still haven't seen a camera angle where it looks like it actually went inside the right hand up front. Uh, and you won't. Uh, all camera angles have been buried uh, for, I guess, for reasons that we all know. Um, I can't tell you any, any different. Um, Mark, which one was that? Oh, that's part of the, um, that was part of the All Whites, isn't it? 2009. Person, 2009, Pat Cakedon, yeah baby. Well, Winston's goal keeps coming up, 2010. Okay, World so Cup. I've got my years wrong then. Uh, Lion given not out, then Bracewell got him. Brett, I think that would refer to the uh, Hobart test that was alluded to by other Listeners earlier in the show. Uh, Ian Roberts hit on Brent Todd. Kevin Iroh having a field day against Canberra 1993 from Trent. Long lives in the memory. What about ref Nigel Owens and his comment? That throws about as straight as I am. I don't remember him saying that. Oh, it's iconic. It's an iconic iconic. moment. Yes. It's been texted in. It's been nominated and voted. Speaking of Nigel Owens, I do believe I saw something that Russi Rasmus is courting him to be a part of the World Cup World Cup uh, management for the Springboks to have a refereeing consultant uh, a part of them. Oh, he gets on the wrong side of referees every weekend. Uh, yeah, maybe he's, there, maybe he's there just to calm them down. Could you imagine how painful it would be to be a referee consultant for a team? So you've got to go through and work out what sort of referee you've got coming up this weekend. He's going to be strong here. He's going to be weak here. He's going to give leniency here. He's going to be hard on these. Jeez. Seems like cheating to me. A little bit. Do you reckon? <sighs> Referees go into Super Rugby camps yeah. and All Blacks camps all the time. Well, I mean, it was just starting to come thing by the time I finished that there was, I guess, a little bit of analysis on the referees and, and where they blow their whistle. Mm. 
Mm. Um, obviously, all they they all blow it in their mouth, but obviously they blow it sometimes around scrums, around lineouts, <laughs> you know, whatever. A lot of blowing. A lot of blowing, Jacob. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting that you start to go as far as getting a former top top referee to to jump into your crew. He wouldn't do it, would he? I mean, I don't know how strong the Rand is against the Welsh Pound. Uh, not very not wonderful. Not very strong. No. <laughs> Surely. Uh, speaking of rugby, there's a couple of rugby messages here. We had Ollie Ritchie joining us a little earlier to talk through the press conference that New Zealand Rugby's new chair, Dame Patsy, really did today. That was confirming New Zealand Rugby have pressed go. They are going to start the process for a new head coach uh, after the Rugby World Cup. That starts now, and we will know in the next month and a half, between four and six weeks. Ian Foster has said he will not be going for it. Beaver is sticking with his gut and thinks that it has to be Razor's job. Brett is saying no way. It's Jamie Josephs and Tony Browns. There you go. What about this text from Dean? Uh, do you think for the good of our game would Foster invite the new coach into the group before World Cup? I believe Sam Wallach is behind this and rightly so. If Razor goes to World Cup as an apprentice or works coach we win it. Um, Dean? No way. Hell will freeze over <laughs> before the next guy is allowed to come into the camp. I would have thought. There's a word called egos, and I just think there's too many, and uh, they wouldn't be allowed in the same room. And reading between the lines of Ian Foster's um, statement that he put out just before, he's not too happy with uh, his employers and no. other things going on in rugby circles right now. So I don't think he's going to do anyone any favours, is he? No, no. He, reading he, between the lines. I'm reading between the lines here, and maybe <laughs> reading too much into... Uh, into play. On a side issue, for all those that were hoping to carry on the good feeling of cricket at the moment and seeing the Indians just bowed the uh, Australians around the park. They're actually 34 for two, the Indians. The Australians bowling first and uh, they've got a spinner. I don't, don't even know if I'm going to have a crack at announcing his names here. He's, he seems new, but he's he's got a wicket. <laughs> Made his debut in the last match, I think. Yes. Adding 11, this one. Second second test for the young fella. Uh, How was that? You, you want to have a crack at it? I'm I'm trying to see where you're looking. Uh, underneath Australia, on the on our monitor here. Kuniman. Oh, Kuniman. That's who I thought it was. Old young Kuniman. He's he's bowling left arm orthodox. Is that a South African name? Is that a Dutch name? What sort of origin is that? Well, if it's South African, it can be also Dutch, of course. Born in Brisbane, so it could be any. Born in Brisbane. <laughs> Second generation, maybe. Uh, used to be a neighbour of Lubber Sharkney, I do believe. <laughs> Uh, well, on that note, keep your messages coming through for famous sporting moments that made you feel, made you feel the same way as the Black Caps at the Basin yesterday on double eight, double three. We are going to go over our All Blacks coaching teams. You say Razor Robertson. We're going to say who goes with him. Brett has said, no way, it's Tony Brown and Jamie Joseph. We're going to put these teams together. Who are in their teams? We know who we think the candidates are, but what about their broader coaching teams? We're going to put that to you. But first, let's play Drive to Survive. Call us up right now, 0800 150 811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. We've got a $100 TAB bonus bet voucher to give away today. Let's start our Thursday, Wednesday strong. This is Drive to Survive. It is Drive to Survive, people, for your Wednesday. And I know it's not quite at 300, but Jesus, it's starting to creep up again on us. We're playing for 100 tonight from our great, great mates 
at the TAB. And of course, we had a we had an interesting question that stumped us last night. It was around Formula One and, and an Australian driver. So hopefully, enough of you have done your research, and we will start in. We'll start in. Where are we going to start today? We'll, we'll start in Christchurch with uh, with Kenny. Kenny, how are we? Good, thanks, Pete. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Tell me, which Australian F1 driver will suit up for McLaren this season? McLaren? Yes. Uh, sorry, I wasn't listening yesterday. Any clues? Uh, yeah, well, I know of a current one. Daniel Ricciardo? This is the worst start for a Grand Prix that I have ever seen. No, that's about the only Australian I could probably give you two to be fair cursed uh oh, he's a young up-and-comer up he's a young up-and-comer uh i don't know if you guys are getting that across the airwaves but i'm sure that's a he's a young up-and-comer <laughs> repeat that up-and-comer uh that's from producer jacob just like producer jacob real up-and-comer in the radio world uh we'll go now from christchurch we'll go straight up to the north island where anton is waiting for us in auckland anton how are you not that great now, mate. I was hoping you go someone who might know that question. I love your honesty uh, <laughs> because you could have sat there Googling that and uh, we'd be already on our way. But uh, Should I skip question one? No, you, no that would... That would <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss. You do not do that to the integrity of Drive to Survive. Um, oh, integrity's been questioned many a times before, B. That's true. So have you got any idea for me, Anton? Well, I did actually pull over to Google it and it, it came to me. <laughs> Not gonna lie. And it's Oscar somebody, Oscar Piastri. I was, uh, I was gonna go a clue. Is there a meat? Like that last name? Pastrami. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna give you that as my clue. Hello. Close enough, wasn't it? If you'd said that to me, Pastrami and Oscar, I'd have been happy with that, but you actually did one better, so we're up and running. Don't you what look at What clue would you have given, sorry, just to um, confirm? The, his first name's something to do with some awards and his second name's pretty much a little cut of meat. Close to it, anyway. And that would have been enough for me. Don't ever look at like me again like that, Kirst. Uh, I'm starting to really question myself and whether I do probably need to head to broadcasting school after all. Uh, you do. We, <laughs> Jacob, get out of my ears. Uh, we'll carry on here, drive and survive. We're up and running now with Anton, who's got past that difficult question of lap one. Question one, we're now in question two. Which Wellington Mountain held the after-match celebrations for the Black Caps bowlers last night? Absolutely, Mount Mount Vic is their hill of choice when the boys win a test match and want to blow off some steam and, and sink a few. So beautifully done there. Question three, lap one. Man City beat Bristol City 3-0 in the FA Cup this morning. Whew. Name all the scorers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Man City. Man City. Um, I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. It was only two of them. So give me two of them and you'll get it right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Man City. Football's not my thing here, sorry. But, no, um, neither. Go. We'll take one. Oh, jeez, oh. you're getting generous. Oh, they're going to be a rich team, right? So let's go... 
I don't even know anybody. That's all right, Anton. Hang around. It may come back to you. We now we're all over the country tonight. We are now down to Palmy North. Lammy, how are you, mate? <laughs> oh, good. How are you, Kirsty and Stephen? We're, we're good, good. Lammy. We are very good, mate. <laughs> if you, I tried. To, I was going to try and Google it, but nah, <laughs> I thought I'd better not. So I'm just going to take a guess anyway. Yes. It's uh, can't really pronounce his name properly, but is it? Oh well. Elvis. His engine has blown. He might have got it right and he just pronounced it wrong. Alvarez? No, that's wrong. I, I, I can give you a better well, clue, does. though. I <laughs> often do that wrong. No, no, no. I think we carry on like this. So this is good. We're going to hit a soccer fan sooner or later. And I know the next one from Christchurch is certainly that. And he is going to give me both of them. Tim from Christchurch. Two Man City players. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, Phil Foden and Kevin De Bruyne. That's exactly who I was after. Well done there. Question two. No, sorry, up to question four now. Who is the New Zealand Open Tournament director? Uh, that would be John Hart. Front left tires. Yeah, you can see it's sun in a shred. Organiser. Part of the committee. Part of the committee. Uh, we'll now go back up from Christchurch to Chiefs Country and... Brett from Huntley awaits us. Brett, how are we? Uh, the Chiefs season tickets have arrived. Oh, beautiful. Just in time. Next week's the first home one, isn't it? Next Friday night. Uh, tell me, will you be taking a little bit of money in the back pocket from the TAB with you to their first home game by telling me who is the New Zealand Open Tournament Director? It's uh, Michael Glading. It's exactly who it is. Well done. Lap two, question one. Name three of the Pro-Am players competing at the New Zealand Open tomorrow. Think cricketers. Think rugby players. Think anyone in between. Uh, Are we counting Israel Dick? We're going to have to. We're going to have to. That's one. Oh, uh, Flynn? Yes. Uh, I understand Baz is... Yes. And there's a lot of thankful people that uh, the Black Caps caught up yesterday. Yeah, Jeff Wilson for one was very happy that uh, Baz won't be rocking in after a 2-0 series victory. Question two, lap two. How many other test matches have finished in a one-run victory? Uh, just the one. Another one. Correct. Brett is charging now to his 100. Final question of lap two, which takes him to the doorstep. Who are the football ferns opening game against in the FIFA World Cup later this year? It's the Norway one. It is Norway, and knowing Brett from Huntley, this is a gift. The $100 is in the mail. Who are, the, who are uh, said host Panthers playing in their opening round fixture of the NRL? Oh, they got the Broncos on Friday night. Well done, Brett. Well deserved, mate. Any ideas on where that hundred's going? Um, the Derby, Sharp and Smart will win that, but it's not paying very much. Write that down, Chris. Um, sharp and that. Smart at the Derby. Beautiful, mate. Thank you, everyone that played. That was a wonderful game of Drive to Survive, Kirst. It was a brilliant job. Great job.
Absolutely great job. You didn't give any clues away. You didn't give it away easily. We got through. We made it. Uh, and a very big well done to Brett. We'll be back on the run home. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move right after this. Another great sporting moment uh, to be remembered. The rugby commentary when Wellington won the Randfurley Shield and the Bunnings NPC. It was the double. Last year, of course, recent memories. Wellington had a fair bit of success, uh, the city, to celebrate over the last couple of years. Absolutely, they have. And, uh, Carl, it strikes me as funny that it's taken this long to get a text about this. Of course, the great Richard, Sir Richard Hadley, taking nine wickets and catching the attempt to beat Australia in Brisbane during that golden era of New Zealand cricket. The first diamond... Duck in Test cricket was from Albert What's a Rose. diamond duck? Would that be the first ball of the innings of it's a Test match a delivery. without facing? Get run out. You get run out without facing a delivery. There you go. Diamond duck. Diamond duck. Albert Rose Innes in South Africa, 1889. Uh, amazing uh, memory and moments there. Keep them coming. Double eight, double three. We're not done yet. We're reliving the memories that you have. Sporting moments from across the years. Plus, we've got Panthers great. Scott Sattler still to come and Liam Messam as well. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Rotoflex. World-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kirsten Beeve. You're listening to The Run Home on SENZ. It is Wednesday, the 1st of March. That's it, Beaver. Summer's done. I don't buy that. Nor do I. Today was no. better in Auckland than it has been for the last three yeah. months. And April is always a wonderful month in this country. Well, so ha- is May. Yeah. Not bad. May used to be an absolute, you know, water. But it seems to be, call it global warming. It's getting later and later. It's getting later and later, isn't it? So... No, I don't think I don't think it's time to get the wood out of the woodshed and uh, start getting the slippers and the dressing gowns out just yet. However, if you were in Christchurch on Friday night for that Super Rugby game, you would have thought it was winter. Especially cold, very wet before the game. Was was the Sky TV crew running their scarves and all sorts of gear? Uh, no, I wish I had a scarf and beanie down there. It was so <laughs> cold. It was very unlike Christchurch, considering we've been hearing that. They've been having 35 degree days. Is that where you looked for you looked for a bit of comfort food, didn't you? I saw a hot dog uh, on your Instagram. Do you know who sent me to get the hot dogs? Karen Reid. Yeah, good on him. Good on him. Still and, in charge. And he went chips too. The captain's still in and charge. And Ellis? Wouldn't have seen it. 
Really? Didn't want it. Didn't want a bar of it. He didn't go for a 14k run the mor- in the morning. That's why. Was that KFC give out still happening? Didn't, didn't wasn't see that. Happening. Yeah, cross you. Let yourself down. But look, Maccas is always available, B. Of course. Always of available. Course. <laughs> well, uh, coming up on the Maccas menu, thanks to Mick Delivery, we've got Scott Sattler coming on the program in just a moment. Liam Messam a little bit later on to talk Fight for Life, Rugby Union against Rugby League, of course. And we talk about the All Blacks coaching saga. Now that we know we will have a new coach and they're about to appoint it in the coming month, who are the actual teams to go with the coaching candidates? We'll tell you who we think in a moment. But... That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to Mac Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Let's welcome in an absolute legend. He deserves a standing ovation, Beave, this man, Scott Sattler, from our SEN stable across the ditch. Sats, blimmin' good to get you back on the programme. You know you're an absolute legend over here. How are you? How's your, how's your summer been in Australia? Key order. Um, yeah, it's uh, been outstanding. It's It's been hot. hasn't been as hot as what we usually have, I don't think. But more importantly, Kirst, how are you going? You're all loved up and I I am loved and... up and married. That's one yeah. thing that's changed, my last name, but nothing else. What about, was there any creepy uncles that made a dick of themselves Beaver? at the wedding? <laughs> Beaver did. Wow. <laughs> Usual suspect. He gets, he gets the award for everything at the wedding. <laughs> Two left feet, most drunk, best dressed. He had it all. We saw it all. I want to see one of those posts, you know, from Beaver when they go, you know, on Instagram you see, this is my first drink of the night. And they do the one, this is my 13th drink of the night. I don't think he remembers his third, do you, Yeah, drink responsibly. Yeah, it got away on me, Sats. It really did, but it was a wonderful day down the, in a part of the world that you visited. Uh, yes. So, yes, no, it wasn't, uh, wasn't the worst day I've ever had. I'll give you the tip. No, nice. it was it was blimmin' brilliant, that's for sure. But we're gearing up for the big start of the NRL season 2023, uh, and we can't go past the Panthers. They the favourites once again this year? Well, with the bookies, yes, they're sort of in the top line of betting, but uh, the Roosters are there again, the Bunnies are there again. A lot of people have fallen off Parramatta, a little bit, guys. You know what? I think B, even I don't know, as a Penrith fan, um, Kirstar, I think the Panthers have become maybe the new Melbourne, where every time Melbourne lose some key players, mm. they write their eulogy for them. They say, <laughs> this is it. They're yeah. done. They're finished. I think Panthers have lost Viliama Kikau, Api Koroyasau, who are great little players but they continue to find these really good players coming through their system. So um, I think they're still going to be okay. Um, one thing they're really good at is they're very good defensively. If you're good defensively, you're, you're playing in the, uh, in the top four. So, yeah, they're still one of the teams to beat without a doubt. And they're, they're playing uh, on Friday night. They're playing the Brisbane Broncos at home, so they'll have a sellout there. It'll be a, it'll be a big night. Yeah, can't wait. It kicks off tomorrow night. And just, just before we leave the Panthers, mate, will, will it have to be a change of – Change of style. I mean, the two players you've mentioned there, obviously, two wonderfully attacking players. It's particularly, obviously, what Kikau can do out there on the edge, and and what I guess you can do around a man like that, as far as use him, decoy him out the back. Does it change much for them? Yeah, I think it has to, Beave. I, I think I think it has to because Viliami just had these beautiful, subtle skills that that uh, I remember a player that, that I played with at Penrith when we won the comp. His name was Tony Pulatua, proud yep. Kiwi man, Samoan boy. And he had these beautiful, subtle skills. He could run like a centre, he could pass like a five-eighth, and, and he could bulldoze you like a front rower. So that's what Viliami was like. They're going to miss that. So, yeah, they've got to change the way they're playing. And, of course, their attacking coach, Andrew Webster, is now with the yes. Warriors. Mm. So I think it's going to be a 
Yeah, relatively new style. And when we saw them lose their World Club Challenge to St. Helens, only by one point, but in saying that, they look like a far different side. But yeah, they'll still be okay as the season goes on. Is anyone talking up the Warriors on that side of the ditch with Andrew Webster in charge? Are you? Yeah, We're not I flying under the radar anymore, are we? No, well, a lot of people think you, you may be, but I, I've actually got big faith. I've got a lot of faith in Andrew Webster. He's mm. a tremendous coach. He's a great guy. He's a tremendous guy. You guys have met him, and uh, he's really passionate. He's, he's, a, he's got this, um, this personality. It's, it's got, um, you know, he's, it's a really contagious personality, and um, but what they've done, they've, they've recruited really well, the Warriors. They've got a young 5'8 from Cronulla. I can't believe Cronulla let him go. His name's Luke Metcalf. Yes. He is a gun, an absolute gun. And uh, we saw in the trials what he can throw up. Uh, no, I think the Warriors are going to be the most improved side in the NRL this year. Does that mean top eight? or? Well, you know what? At the moment, it seems as though, unfortunately, in rugby league, and I hope I'm wrong, but we seem to be talking about the top six or seven sides are going to be fighting at the top seven again. And everyone's fighting for that eighth spot, which Canberra got last year. So um, if you weigh them up against what Canberra are and they finished eighth, I think the Warriors are every every bit as good as what the, the Raiders are. So, yeah, I think they're every chance of, of getting into the top eight. Now, mate, obviously close to your home, the uh, the Dolphins. Mm. Are they, yeah. they going to be able to be a bit more competitive than a lot of people have got them saying? We've got them over here as 19 and a half point underdogs in their opening game, obviously against the superstar Roosters, but surely a, a team with that forward pack on paper alone, mate, is is going to be competitive. I think they'll be really good in the first half of the season, Beebe. I think they'll be really competitive. They'll be good defensively because that's what Wayne Bennett teams are. You know, Wayne just has this ability to sap every little bit of goodness out of you as a coach, and a lot of the players there have never been coached by Wayne, so... Um, they've got good experience and they'll lay some really good platforms off the field as well. You know, their, their values and their principles moving forward. And um, But outside of that, when they start dipping into player 22, 23, 24, 25, when they're getting a few injuries maybe, that's when they might start to struggle a little bit. And that's expected in your first year. They didn't sign a real marquee player or a player that can create points or score points. So um, you've got young Hamaso Tabuai Fido, the exciting fullback. But again, he's still relatively new to playing week-to-week rugby league in one position. So it's going to be tough for them. But the good part about them is they'll be, they'll be competitive. And, um, and it, what it does do, which I don't think we've got enough of in rugby league, we've got these manufactured rivalries in rugby league. It's a, it's a true rivalry <laughs> between the Broncos and Dolphins with Wayne as the foundation coach of the Broncos in 88. Now he's gone over to the Dolphins. <laughs> it's just going to be – it'll be bedlam when they play each other. And speaking of that, will they – they've got their own home ground, haven't they? They're not sharing Suncorp? Yeah, no, they've got to share a majority of their games out of Suncorp. Okay. And that was one of the – you know, for a 17th team in Brisbane. Um, and then they've got KO Stadium, which is a one that houses about probably ten or 12,000 on a good night. And they're going to play a couple of games on the Sunshine Coast as well, which is uh, a feeder club – they're a feeder club region to the Melbourne Storm. So, um, yeah, they're going to – sort of spread their love a little bit. Now, obviously, opening round, Warriors got the Newcastle Knights. Obviously, all the Newcastle Knights named a team that I know they're getting talked about down in the, uh, the lower echelon, but, geez, on paper, there's still some names to it. When you look at their forward pack and the likes, and Ponga at six, obviously the big talking point. Uh, how are we going to go on opening night in Wellington? Let's hope for a horrible Wellington day oh, because it'll be a, it'll be a bit oh. different for a Newcastle boys. Honestly, it's like playing on a cake of soap, isn't it, <laughs> Wellington? And um, 
Uh, yeah, it's going to be. I think Kalen will handle number six fine. You know, he's a he's a pretty special athlete, Kalen. Yep. My biggest concern is his concussions that he's had over yeah. the last sort of eighteen months. Um, but um, yeah, they, yeah, they've got a good side, good forward pack. Uh, it's going to be interesting how they go. I look at the strength of of teams benches, and I look at the Warriors bench. Josh Curran, I'm a huge fan of him. Bunty Afire, Dylan Walker can play yeah. everywhere. Uh, Murata Niakora in the back rows, an outstanding signing. Uh, Jackson Ford's a good player. It's a really good side, the Warriors side. I, I really like it, actually. And uh, Sean Zickel Klook star at fullback. So, yeah, it's, it's a good side. And you know what I'm going to love about Andrew Webster? He didn't. He's not going to copy and paste what he did at Penrith. He's going to go over to the New Zealand, and he's going to play, I believe, a really flamboyant style of rugby league, which I think the Warriors like. I think the shackles get taken off the Warriors. I think that's when they play their best rugby league, like in the early 2000s when they were challenging for grand finals. I think that's when they play their best footy, and I think that's what Andrew Webster will bring out of them. Back to the glory days of uh, the Warriors playing champagne footy. Now, Please. we believe you had uh, another Kiwi great on your yes. show yesterday, Kieran Foran. Is he going to be able to turn around those Titans? I think he will. We've had a real Kiwi flavour. Tonight we've got Martin. Now, it was um, Martin Tapau, remember, but he now wants to be called Martin Tapu'u. So uh, Martin Tapu'u is going to be on tonight. Kieran Foran was last night. Yeah, he's... He's a seasoned veteran, even with the media, the way that he answers his... I remember one... There's one question. I think he, he dropped four cliches in one question. <laughs> it's the fittest we've ever been. We'll take every day as it comes. Oh. Yeah. But, Process. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's he will turn around the Gold Coast, I think. And there's a young hooker they've got from the Roosters called Sam Verrills, who yep. played in their premiership side. Uh, one of their premiership sides. So, yeah, they'll they'll be a lot better for, with four and, and Verrills. What they've got to do with four and is they've got to... I think they've... You know, he's, he's had a busted body for a number of years and Manly did a really good job at keeping him on the field. So I think they've got to really monitor his, the amount of rugby league that he plays, actually. So if they're winning games by a lot, get him off. If they're losing games by a lot, get him get off. Him off. Yeah. Yeah. No, no halves have played tougher than he has, have they? But yeah. uh, I tell you, some, another sporting team that's been doing it tough of late but now has India uh, on the absolute ropes, mate. What about this? 58 yeah. for five. I'm seeing spinners carve these guys up that I've never heard of. I know. Kuhneman is a Gold Coast boy. Um, and Murphy, who's who's went over and, and really set the world on fire. And Nathan Lyon just keeps doing yes. what he's, he's doing. But this is only day one of this. We don't know how this is going to play off. <laughs> Let's talk about the Kiwis oh. up against the Palms. That was one of the most it. dramatic finishes I've ever seen in sport. Funny, just caught my breath from that one. Kirst wow. uh, actually used to state uh, quite openly that she has no time for test cricket, oh, refuses just, to watch it now. It just takes so long. One and, afternoon, and she's oh. an expert on it, and she's yeah, a I'm all in. Days, I'm yeah. all in. Yeah. One innings is all it took, oh, one wicket. so good. That was amazing, though. For, for three hours, I was literally on the edge of my seat. Amazing. I amazing. went from and thinking, we're going to win this. No, we've got no chance of winning this. Oh, my God, we've come back into it. How? How does that all happen in the space oh, of a no. few hours? I know, great country you are. Just, <laughs> people just say, yeah, you're better. I was bunch. never but, in but, doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone always says, oh, they're better above their average Kiwis. I, I don't think that's true at all. You've had the greatest sporting team for so many years in the All Blacks. And mm. your cricket team's always been so competitive and, and won some big matches. I, I just, I was just glued to my glued to my chair. And, you know, that would have hurt Baz McCallum, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would have hurt Baz. Well, I don't, I don't know if you realise that. But, so, obviously, we've got this New Zealand Open uh, down in... Uh, yeah. Down in Queenstown, down at Millbrook, yep. all week, all week mm. coming up, and uh, obviously a lot of the cricketers 
go and play with Pro-Am and, and try and survive the cut and the likes. I didn't realise Baz was flying down there today. So he's oh. straight in there today uh, to play. So few Mate, He'll the, be spraying them everywhere. Oh, there's, a, there's a few of the boys we had on the show yesterday. You've just, just taken over Wicket, by the way. Uh, oh, no, the highlights. Uh, <laughs> too, too keen on the test cricket now, uh, mate. And uh, they were just so grateful that he wasn't coming down a 2-0 victorious coach. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great, great viewing, great viewing. Yeah, so, so what's the word over there with the Warriors? Is everyone keen after a new coach or are they a little bit apprehensive? No, I, I mean, every year uh, we classify it as our year. But uh, yep. no, we... You felt something different though, B. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Sats was ever night that I had a few beers with Webby, so obviously oh, I, was, yeah. I, was, yeah. I got impressed there. But we were, we were at the um, launch there last week and uh, you talk about Metcalf. Metcalf and Barnett came and jumped on the show for us for a good 10 minutes and just, just top-sounding roosters, you know. They're yeah. really good fellas. Said they came here to get out of their comfort zone and really push to make Ava Warriors win their first ever title. So that's obviously in their language. Uh, that they're talking, they're talking that level of uh, aspiration, which is great, and just really buying into the whole thing. So when you got, I guess, Aussies coming over like that, which you know, let's be honest, we haven't had that in the last sort of few years. Um, it's 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 enough for Kiwi fans to get pretty excited about. Yeah, I, I, you know, there needs to be a real change in mindset, and I don't know what it is because you know you're not behind the closed doors or at the Warriors, but uh, underachieving for a number of years, and I feel as though that some brutal harsh. Harsh truths are coming their way, and I think it's what the Warriors need. I think um, again, you know, I've spoken to some former players that have that have played over there, and think they think that a lot of the times some of the previous staff and coaches have really tiptoed around a lot of the players, and that can't happen anymore. Mm. You just got to give them brutal honesty, and either they're up to playing the NRL or they're not. Simple as that. And Andrew Webster, along with Cameron George, who I'm a huge fan of, Cameron George, proud casino boy. I think um, I think um, they'll they'll be brutally honest with this uh, this new playing group and they'll get success out of them. Well, I mean, on that, Metcalf is obviously, he's out injured, but I mean, he turned heads like you obviously you mentioned. Yeah. He's going to he's gonna have to ruffle the feathers and, and upset that apple cart and that halves. Obviously, it's Johnson and Tamari Martin, who, again, Tamari Martin, they were roaring about at the launch about what he's doing at training and the, the physical conditions he's in. Three into two doesn't work, does it? So No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And and Metcalf, you're right. You know, Sean Johnson at the end of his career, he, you know, he needs a he needs a young, fresh, you know, shot injection of enthusiasm to to keep him young. So, and this is what Luke Metcalf will do. Well, very good. It's so good to chat to you, Sats. Thank you so much for taking time for going in early to talk to us while Joel and Fletch put their feet up on holiday, eh? Oh, anything for you guys. You know that. <laughs> hey, just, you know, you know, McDonald's, Maccas have always been great supporters of ours, haven't they? And I heard you just before I came on talking about Maccas. And so last night on the show, um, yeah, our illustrious uh, host, um, which is Woogie, we call him Woogie, yes. Jason Matthews, he inhaled 20 nuggets in one break. 20 nuggets in a break. Praise the man. Oh, he's a legend. I mean, I've done that on a night out, but uh, in one not break. Not in three minutes, Not in three yeah, minutes. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's impressive. That's outstanding. Was he running barbecue sauce or anything with it? He had, well, he had a buffet of all the sauces in front of him, so he's <laughs> dipping each one to see which one he liked the best. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like we need to get one of those challenges going here on the show as well. Sats, great to chat to you. Thank you so much, and hopefully we'll be able to talk to you during the season as well. Anytime. See you, legends. Thank you so Cheers, much. Mate. Scott Sattler joining us, of course, out of our SEM stable across the ditch, talking all things NRL, previewing the season. I like what he's got to say about those Warriors beef. 
I like it a lot. Yes, I mean, Sats has New Zealand connections, mm. so you know, we he will always be friendly towards <laughs> us, and he'll always talk the Warriors up. But I, he obviously knows Webster yes. very well, and uh, it's exciting, interesting when you talk about how he judges teams and that. Like straight away, he was talking about the bench and seeing Walker on the bench and and those other names you mentioned. You know, the Warriors have got a bit of depth. We, who did we have on? We had Justin Morgan Justin on. Justin Morgan. And he said, like, we have been lucky as far as injuries go, as far as at the start of preseason yesterday, he's told us at the start of preseason, this would have been very close to the team, the ideal team for round one. So everything's going good. And it's just, when you go into competition, it doesn't matter who you are, you always want to get that first win. You don't, you don't want to be thinking, oh, now we've got to go into week two. And then suddenly the Sharks are mm. on the agenda for circling. The, circling. And then it's, oh, we haven't got our first one. And then it's the Cowboys. No. And, that, and that's the draw. So it's just so important for so many reasons, their confidence and the country to get them behind and all the rest of it. But, geez, you just hope they get the job done in Wellington. Start well in Wellington. You'll be able to listen to the live commentary on Friday between the Warriors and the Newcastle Knights. Uh, one New Zealand Warriors, that is, from 7pm right after the run home, so you do not have to go anywhere. Uh, Brian's just texting, asking us a question about New Zealand rugby appointing Razor and whether or not we think it'll actually happen. We'll have that answer for you, plus the coaching candidates and teams right after this. Kirsten Beave. Welcome back into the run home on ECNZ. Brian sent us a message. Do you really think New Zealand rugby will appoint Razor as coach? When was the last time they did anything the majority of rugby fans wanted? They refused to pay any afternoon tests for starters. They will select anyone other than Razor to spite its fans and to show everyone that they're in charge. I could be wrong, though, and I hope so. Well... We have gone through and picked out who uh, we think the coaching candidates could be. Everyone, Beaver, is saying it's Razor or Tony Brown and Jamie Joseph. But who would make up these teams? If Scott Robertson is to come in and coach the All Blacks, who's on his bandwagon? And, of course, this is presuming that the said coaches are allowed to pick their team. That's an assumption we are yes, making right that, here. that's correct. So um, who would be joining Razor's army in the All Blacks if he was to get the job? Uh, off the top of my head, mm-hmm. I'm picking Razor would obviously take current All Blacks Ford coach uh, and man that turned the pack around, Jace Ryan. I mean, that goes without saying. Um, I would think he takes current Blues head coach, Leon McDonald. I would think he takes current Hurricanes head coach, Jason Holland. And I would think he would take one of his right-hand men from the south right now in Scott Hansen. I would think that would be his lineup. So that would be Scott Robertson's team. This is our presumptions being made right here. And if we look at the other side of the coin, Tony Brown, Jamie Joseph, what would their makeup look like? Yeah, well, I start to try and join the dots here. I would, because obviously they're overseas at the moment. They have John, got John Mitchell. They have John Mitchell. They have involved, John Mitchell. Would which, he come back and join their team? Well, I'm sure he would, but would New Zealand Rugby Union take him back? I mean, even though. Well, we're making the presumption that they get to pick. They get to pick. And, so who would make their team up? And the administ- There's three there. A lot of administrators who 
were there when that didn't end nicely are long gone now. So why not? That would add some real, real So depth. for three of those, yes. plus two. Well, the coach of Scott McLeod at the Highlanders, who's currently in the All Blacks setup, been with the All Blacks for a long time. There's the continuity. C- continuity, but there's an argument against continuity, isn't there? Mm. There's an argument of starting fresh. So, I mean, you think that McLeod would probably be a part of their ticket? I think he probably was if Jamie Joseph had kept his name in the hat in 219. Um, but then again, does Jace Ryan, is he your continuity? He hasn't got baggage with anyone, baggage with past regimes really although he's he's attached to Razor he's attached to Razor he's in this regime now this foster regime but that was more I think for good in New Zealand rugby more than anything he's not loyal you're saying oh no no, Jason's a loyal man what I'm saying I like that from you now what I'm saying is he doesn't come with any burnt bridges anywhere I wouldn't have thought no he's just a good guy isn't he he is a great guy so John Mitchell Tony Brown Jamie Joseph plus Scott McLeod or Jason Ryan I'm going to throw another one into the fire I'm going to say Joe Schmidt to be the head coach of the All Blacks, even though we've heard otherwise, I'm going to say a Joe Schmidt, add Leo McDonald to that team, add a Jason Ryan to that team, mm. and you think maybe add uh, another international head coach who's just parted ways with Fiji. Yeah, his old sparring partner, Vern Cotter, or his old boss, really. Uh, Vern was always in charge and Joe was underneath him. But yeah, obviously the way the lay of the land now, um, Vern Cotter may be on the horizon for, for Joe Schmidt. The thing with Joe Schmidt is obviously when he first came back, a lot of hype, a lot of hoopla, getting him involved, coaching, blah, blah, blah. Came out and said, didn't want to coach, didn't want to coach. Now's fully... Then he became coach of the Blues. Coach then of the Blues. Then he became coach and selector of the All Blacks. Yep, because first of all, it was just selector of the All Blacks, and then it was, oh, no, 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 no. Now <laughs> he's coaching. You're coaching, so you're fully on the grass. So whatever that stance was originally, I think probably all bets are off. So mm. you did right. He has to be in consideration. Uh, highly thought of at New Zealand Rugby Union, and rightfully so. want to lose him. Wonderful record. Wouldn't want to lose him, but... Also, from what you hear, uh, New Zealand rugby has a lot and lot of time for, for Joe Schmidt. So, therefore, I know he was potentially the kingmaker in the, in the most recent scenario. Maybe he's just straight king in this one. One more smoky just to throw into the mix. Dave Rennie, who would make up that team? Would he take the, the Chiefs team that he took to the title? I think Tom Coventry, without a shadow of a doubt. Tom Coventry, obviously currently at the Blues, been at the Blues for a long time, has been instrumental in turning that forward pack around and that team around. So Rennie would definitely bring in Tom Coventry. Um, I'm not sure who else Rens would have on his have on his sheet. Obviously Clayton, Clayton? Is, is making moves in in the coaching world, but is he too soon? Does Rens have even have a relationship with him? Obviously, obviously, Rennie has a wonderful relationship with Wayne Smith. Mm. And so if Wayne Smith, who I know thinks the world of Dave Rennie... Are you putting Wayne Smith into Dave Rennie's team? Suddenly your smoky becomes a little bit more spicy. Um, Very powerful. I don't know if Rennie could convince him um, to, to jump on board, but it would certainly, all of a sudden, we've called him a smoky, but if he had that name on his team list... Maybe he comes a whole lot more powerful. Wow. Well, there's four pretty strong teams that we've just listed off there. What do you think? Double eight, double three, let us know. We've got news and sport coming up. And then we catch up with Liam Messam, who's once again jumping in the ring for Fight for Life. Fight for Life is back April the 27th in Auckland. And there's some great rugby versus rugby union versus rugby league 
fights on the card. Sam Tutupo against Roy Asatasi, DJ Forbes against Sione Farmawina, and our very own friend of the show is back in the ring, Liam Messam fighting Justin Hodges, and we welcome him into the program. Liam, great to have you back. How's it feeling getting back into the ring again and having another fight to prepare for? Uh, hey, team. Yeah, it's, uh, no, it's good. It's been exciting. It's, uh, it's been on the work for a while now, so sort of kept me fit and um, motivated during the summer break. So I was uh, looking forward to, to getting there. It's been a while, so, yeah. Maybe Beef needs a fight to prepare for. <laughs> <laughs> no. Beef fighting life. Fighting part of time, the old maters. Uh, miss, uh, fight for life, obviously been around for years, but... Jeepers, what a what a card this time around. Obviously headlined by your one, Justin Hodges, who's in the last sort of 12 months really prompt, uh, I guess, jumped into uh, boxing, the boxing stardom really with some of the big fights that he's had over over in Aussie. Yeah, no, it's, uh, what, 25 years, I think they said today, the fight for has been going. Yeah, I've been on a few now, so I must be doing something right for Dino to keep asking me back. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to fighting uh, Hodge. He's, uh, um, yeah, you know, had some big fights over in Australia. Um, throwing out some pretty big words today too, so I'm um, looking forward to, to seeing the best of him come out on April 27th. Has he got some good fighting talk, has he? Yeah, yeah, he did actually. He was just like, man, this guy's, why are you so angry? Like, don't even know you, bro. <laughs> felt like going there giving, giving him a cuddle. But um, I know it's all part of, of the boxing and mm. um, yeah, he's going to try and knock me out, which uh, good luck to him. So I'll be hopefully on my A game by... Um, eight weeks time. Oh, is that what he said today? He's going to come. He's yeah, going to knock yeah. you out. He's coming in. He's coming hot. Well, it, it's that's everyone, motivation um, enough when someone says that to you, right? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, with us footy players, we're sort of, you know, we we try and stay low key in mm. the boxing um, circles. We don't even know what we're doing, and everyone's sort of respectful for each other. And the boxers sort of get peed off at um, that us because we're too nice. And then Hodge just came out firing and came out hot, and everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> So, wow! Yeah, it put me on surprise. Gave me a bit of a shock, and I was like, "Oh, okay, here we go." Got the blood going a bit, so I know training tonight's going to be a little bit more spicy. I think. I was going to say he must have been bored out of his tree. He's used to press conferences with Gallon going straight back at him, and you would have just been sitting there going, "Oh yeah." Oh, the worst thing was too because I'm a I'm a big Queensland supporter, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh man, it's weird because you know I used to love watching Justin play against New South Wales and try and rough him up and start the scraps, and now we're having a scrap here, so." Same with like uh, seeing Roy Atatasi is one of my favourite league players watching Doggy. So um, I sort of like a like a word like starstruck a bit um, seeing these guys out there today. Well, from what I've seen over the last decade of watching Hodges play, Miss, uh, I think we can get under his skin, uh, short temper. So I wonder if we can get him off his game early, do something. I don't know, but maybe just walk the line a little bit, something a little bit dodgy, maybe a quick low blow or something. Uh, but oh. I reckon he'll uh, he'll lose his rag and see if that red mist will come over him pretty quickly. Yeah, well, hopefully, because he was he had a bit of redness today. We only eight weeks out, so yeah. Um, where just inform us, where is the big night going down? Um, I believe it is in the North Shore Event Centre, um, same place as last year. Yeah. Um, and like you said, great card, and it's headlined by uh, Mia uh, Motu, who's uh, fighting for a world title, yes. which is pretty awesome. And uh, for me, as a, a boxing fan, to be able to fight on a world title card, I never even thought that would ever ever happen. So to be able to fight on a, on a world title card with her, uh, Jerome and Andre, all from the Peach Gym as well on this card. It's going to be, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, an unreal card. Probably the best I've had. You've got training tonight. You've probably got training every night for the next eight weeks. Um, who's on your team? Has there been any changes? No, no changes. Um, still the same old crew. Still the same David missing 
Casper Latu. You'll probably see him two weeks or two days before the fight. If he was, he'll turn back up into my camp. Um, he, he's pretty good for that. He only turns up when he wants to uh, he go to the show. So same old camp, same same mindset. Just head down and, and ask up and we'll get him to Mahi. Talk to us about some of these other fights. You mentioned Roy Asatasi, Sam Tui, Topo. How do you see that one playing out? Was there fireworks today yeah, well, between those two? Oh, when I heard um, Sammy's name get called out, I was just like, isn't he in England? And then he had a little uh, video played um, at the media thing today, and he came in out hot too. He came out swinging and throwing out all these, like he's been boxing for 100 years. So looking forward <laughs> to has, seeing little Sammy the streets, Dynamite. The streets, the streets of Kelston. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and that's, that's the thing I was laughing about because he was like, can you send me fight? And I was like, I've seen him at 3 a.m. in, <laughs> yeah, in the morning. Yeah, um, fight. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's just, no, it'd be cool to see. And, and guys like DJ definitely stepping out of his comfort zone. Um, but to see guys like that, Shawnee Fumwina, Royata Tussi, like these are some big yeah. human yeah. beings, some big Polynesian human beings. And um, sometimes it's a bit dangerous when you don't know what you're doing because you just throw lever. And if one of those shots connect, and it's, uh, yeah, it's for, for the fans anyway. They love to see that kind of style of fighting. Well, speaking of, obviously, our dear friend Sammy Tuitapol and uh, Roy Asatasi. Geez, I've never seen Roy Asatasi up close, but I'm only presuming from looking at him on TV, he'd have quite the, quite the reach and size advantage over Sammy, wouldn't he? Well, that's the thing. When I was looking around, I was like, who's fighting Sam? And then Roy's like, oh, I am. And I was like, why is that? I was just like, because Sam's a little, you know, I can't say the S word here, but I was like, Sam's... <laughs> A bit smaller than you. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, Roy looks in great shape. Don't know what he's up to, but he's looking in great shape and um, looking real lean and slim. So maybe the weight's the same. I'm not sure. And, like, obviously, you've you've talked about your camp and uh, who's still in there, and you've done this many times before. Does someone like DJ come down to Vitron and have a bit of sparring with you? Obviously, first time up for him. Nah, he's with the uh, the Peach Gym. So Isaac Peach, who pretty much got like four or five fighters on the show and has done an awesome job in the boxing scene lately. He's with them, so he's in, in capable hands and, and very safe hands. So um, yeah, we just sort of you know, no one you know, Bees, no one comes to Hamilton. You don't even come no. to Hamilton. Anymore, no. So just try and get DJ to come down to Sparmy. You know, it's a bit of a mission, but yeah, we'll just stick to our little group of uh, sparrers and, and training partners that I have down here that keep me honest and keep me working hard. Well, we've got you on, uh, Liam. Remiss of us not to talk about those Chiefs on the weekend. Did you watch that oh, performance? Oh, let's. Oh, how good was that? It was bloody, uh, yeah, I just thought the way they came back in that second half was oh, just a whole other level. So the key is now is to um, to maintain that through the whole campaign because it's, uh, yeah, it can sort of go downhill pretty quickly. But knowing Clayton at the helm and the boys uh, with Guzzler and Big DMAC, um, uh, commiserations to Bees. You're longer, not longer the uh, chief, what is it, highest point scorer. He's been well informed this week. Yeah, I've been told a bit. I, I'm, I'm staggered that a guy of two left foot was ever actually on top of the point scoring record, but uh, I'll take it. That is, that is fair. That is fair. <laughs> the good old show and goes, got you a few points there, but. Do you like uh, the Chiefs' loose forward makeup at the moment with Luke Jacobson at eight and Peter Gus at six? Yeah, they were physical, eh? and, and Sammy Kane just to, to um, come straight off the bat. I'm not sure how, much pre- how many preseason games he's played, but just the physicality that those three brought was, man, I was just like actually sitting there um, um, thinking, man, I'm, I'm glad I'm sitting here on the couch watching these boys go at it. But um, yeah, I, even the depth, I think the Chiefs' uh, mm. strongest uh, thing this year is the depth. I don't know if it's been talked about, but their depth is, uh, you know, they could pick uh, 23, a strong 23 week in, week out. And if I go back in the day, back in 2012 and 13 when we won it, 
um, that was the actual difference between us and other teams was our depth. Like our bench came on in both finals and um, and blew everyone off that park. So yeah, the depth's going to be a, a big, big part for the Chiefs' um, success this year. Well, I hope Beaver hasn't jinxed it because he told everyone listening on radio that the Chiefs will win the title this year after one game. Nah, they're going to win it. There you go. Mm. I'll watch your back, Beaver. Yep. I actually told them before it too, Kirst. No, you did. You did, but you've (laughs) re-emphasised it after one game. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on, Liam. All the best over the next eight weeks. Hopefully we'll catch up up with you the week before the fight. Um, But go well. All the best. Thanks, team. Come on down to Hamilton and uh, jump in the ring. Be we'll need a new spray partner. Yes, please. Yeah, I've got... Yeah, yeah, I'll fit it in. Yeah, Mm. no problem. Mm. Anything for you, (laughs) mate. Thanks, my friend. Thanks so much, Liam. Cheers, mate.